Welcome to Here We Are, the podcast where we talk about curiosity, fascination, and what makes us delightfully nerdy. I'm your host for the day, Joy Work, all-around good human. Lover of coffee. You and I are delightful nerds. What kind of nerd do you want to talk about? I want to talk about being a storytelling nerd. Oh my Can gosh. we do that? We can absolutely do that. For people that have no clue what those words mean, what does it mean to be a storytelling nerd? Ah, uh, so to be a storytelling nerd is to find delight in telling and hearing stories and being a listener to the stories that shape and transform people's mm. lives in great ways, but even in just like small ways, like the stories of everyday life of the mundane that bring joy and evoke emotion. I get really excited about hearing those stories. And I just thought that was to be human, but then I realized people around me don't always get excited about those stories. That's true. That's true. When did that realization happen for you? I really feel like in the last year or two that I've come, I've always known I've enjoyed hearing people's stories, or I remember in just within the last decade, like where at gathering small talk is, so what do you do for a living? And I just, I'm like, this is so boring. Like, mm -hmm. what does that really tell you about anyone? Um, but I loved like getting past small talk and the stories that lead to like joy and transformation. And I, some may think I put too much emphasis on that, but I really believe stories can be life-changing. And so I want to get to those. So I feel like in the last decade of maybe coming into a career and moving towns from a place I've lived for, you know, over a decade to moving to a new town and how much small talk plays into meeting people, I'm tired of that. And mm -hmm. it feels like a weight. And so if I can get to the real stories of not just why you work there, but what helped you get to a place that you desired to work at a bookstore or to become a realtor. Those are the stories that fascinate me and bring joy to my day. Like, yeah, I'm a nerd about those things. I resonate with that very strongly, which I think is one of the really cool through lines of our friendship. Out of curiosity, I often hold the same struggle with small talk. We're supposed to do it, but it feels like nothing. Do you have favorite questions that help you get there, like to that point of those stories? Mm. Sometimes it really seems basic. I met a couple in a coffee shop the other day and they were an older couple and I asked how they met. And they were asking me, oh, what do you do? Are you new to the community? And I'm like, tell me how you met. That's not always a memorable story for everybody, but like couple in their 90s got excited to tell the story and they like fought over who told it correctly mm. right and I think she he's 93 she's 91 and it's like those stories that like bring joy of well how did you meet I often meet people in coffee shops see it's a great place um, to meet people and in the coffee shop like two weeks ago and she attends a local church and I asked her to tell me about her church. And she told me the surface stuff about how mm -hmm. she got there and why, and she grew up there. And then as I began to ask questions about, well, why did you stay? You moved away. Why did you come back? And the stories, like I sit on a pew with four generations every week mm. and I feel part of me there, part of the story of my childhood and the people who formed me. And yet I've become this very different person. And the people who formed me, I'm realizing how racist and homophobic they are. 
you know? Yeah. And like, those are the stories, right? Like she told yeah. me about her church, but then she told me about like- It's the thing action. beneath the thing. Yeah. So sometimes it's just asking people the stories and sometimes it's listening to what they're saying and then asking questions about what they haven't said. And knowing how to do that dance, like not to appear like creepy and intrusive, right? right? Of tell me about the things that you hate about that church or, um, you know, but like in a welcoming way of listening. And I'm amazed at how there's a part of their humanity and empathy that shines through that people then start asking you deeper questions. Like even where I've been at um, social gatherings where talk has surfaced, but then all it takes is someone to break the ice to say, can we really get to know each other? Or can we ask about things that matter? And sometimes that's like, how are you really doing? I think that it takes someone to be courageous, to get beyond the small talk. It takes someone to risk being uncomfortable, someone to risk maybe feeling and inviting other people to feel. And as a story is told, I think people share in their humanity, even if they can't fully relate or the story is like something very foreign to them. There's something about shared humanity and hearing and slowing down to listen. Mm, That's a really big one. When you think back over your life to this point, what have been some pivotal moments that you can remember that are directly connected with storytelling or times that you felt seen or times that you realized this is a sacred moment? Perhaps when my grandfather passed away two months ago, almost two months ago, and being at his services and the night before his actual funeral with family gathered and people sharing stories about him and a man that I've known my whole life who has been dear to me, who has been such a formative part of my journey. To hear other people tell stories as we knew the same person, but we experienced him so differently. But there were so many parts of his personality and character that like shone through all the stories. There were threads, like even if you had spent just time, he was the same person with everyone and he didn't edit himself very often. Um, (laughs) And yeah, he just was really like, sometimes like just very brash in his language, but like how people were able to tell the stories from everyone from like his pastor and people who knew him, people who had worked with him, people at his church. And then I was moved by the authenticity of the man he was, but how people had these very like, particular moments that they remembered about him that I think really showed the generosity and love that radiated from him. And I think those are the stories people remember after we're gone. Mm. They're not always like the like grand stories that we hope people will remember the ones that would be written about publicly, but they're like, I felt seen by this person, right? stories of how he had helped people, gone out of his way. And that was just who he was. And so many of those stories in our lives are made up of those kinds of stories. You know, I was writing a note to someone the other day just to encourage them. And I try to do handwritten notes regularly. And I'm like, I don't know if it's a big deal, but I hope people remember me by like the intentionality, the thoughtfulness that I try to give and sending a handwritten note regularly just to say, I'm thinking about you. And there's so many ways of doing that, of picking up the phone and emailing and calling, but there's also something that it takes a lot more of me to be like, all right, I'm going to sit down and write a note. I hope that the stories that my life is made up are those little valuable acts that help to 
bring joy or enrich other people's lives because our lives are made up of those kinds of stories. And you do that really well. I'm pretty sure I have 90% of the notes that you have ever <laughs> left me in my filing cabinet to my right. And like, I, I think back to a very specific moment last year when I was definitely very down and deep in depression and anxiety. And I went to the mailbox one day and there was a note from you and it was so specific and so heartfelt that that was a pivotal moment in that day that got me through. And I put it under the glass on my, on my dresser so that your words continued to speak to me. And I think that is a story that you choose to tell. And that is so true of you is that you are someone who sees. You are someone who provides the opportunity to do everything you've been talking about. Like storytelling, what I've heard you say so far is, yes, there's an act in telling the story, but there's also an intentionality act in creating the space that story can fill. Mm. And I think to me specifically, you have been an amazing guide, shepherd, mentor, however you want to call it, in learning how to create this space for questions, whether mm. they're easy questions or hard questions or anything in between. That's something I've known to be true of you ever since we were RAs. Mm. And that's even something, mm. like I think back to the stories of our friendship to stay on the topic of storytelling, but yet still brag on how great you are. I remember the time that we had a snowball fight in your apartment <laughs> with marshmallows. <laughs> I've told that story to a lot of people and that stays with me. Mm. And that's a story that if I were to unpack it now, again, it shows that you're creating space for us to exist well because I don't remember exactly the story that's easy for me to tell was that it was a finals week and we were like super stressed out and you were like, yeah. yeah, you know what? Let's just have a snowball fight. And I remember crouching behind your chair and just like chucking snowball marshmallows at people. And oh, there's I beauty. totally forgot about that. There's beauty in the space that you create. Mm, thanks, friend. And you know, it's funny that idea. I was like stressed out. It was finals week. It was like time that getting ready to clear out the dorm. And I was talking to my mom who had been in the army and like a leader of people. She goes, there was this one time people were really stressed. And I decided, you know, we would have the snowball fight with marshmallows. Everybody got them. And then we just went and she was like, and it's these like very masculine men in army uniform throwing thing. And I was like, I don't, okay, thanks mom. She goes, I think you should try it. And so one day I was like, I guess I will. It was one of the, before our last meetings, I was like, all right, well, we'll just try it. And I have forgotten that. Thanks, Joy. And it's another dimension of story. How someone else's story passes on, right? So I hadn't thought about this till you were sharing. When you asked about a question or if there's something that's meaningful, probably eight years ago or so, I read Ann Voskamp's 1,000 Gifts. Mm -hmm. And she's telling parts of her story, but talking about how gratitude transforms her and how being thankful is good and like, kind of trends of gratitude list and writing each day, which you're thankful for, how that can be good. But she said there became power in like being specific, being explicit and not just saying like, thank you, Joy, for doing this. But thank you, Joy, for making me biscuits because I was having a really rough day and I was hungry. And the fact you invited me over and made me biscuits, hope that happens one day, um, really like was such a thoughtful and loving act in the middle of a really stressful week. 
And so instead of just saying thank you, she talks about what does it mean to express gratitude? So that year I decided after I read it to spend every day in November, hence around like this thought of Thanksgiving of calling someone and telling them something I was thankful for. And it was really like, at first I wrote a few people down that I thought, oh, I want to call, but like how to name them. And often it was saying like, I told you, thank you for this one day. And it was during a time I was pastoring and sometimes like on the go of people doing really nice things that were like small acts that I'm just like, thank you. Or people just who were really great and supporting me and my leadership where I just like, thanks, I appreciate it. But I took time to call and often tell a story and how powerful it was. And one of them was a leader at the church where I was serving who we were clashing. (laughs) And so I decided I would call her one day. And I was like, this, it really took a lot because I was like, this is a very vulnerable. And what I said to her was, I just wanted to call. I'm trying to be intentional about gratitude and thinking of people who have um, made a special impact on my life. And I thought of you. And I think it's important for me to call to say, I have a lot of people at this church who love me and agree with me. And I don't need another one. So if you are always the dissenting voice and push back, I hope you don't stop doing that. And I hope that even in our disagreements or the way our staff, a newer staff here does things that you don't agree with. I hope that you'll always speak up because we have so many people who pat us on the back. Mm -hmm. And in order to be a healthy people and leaders in a church, I hope you always push back when you disagree. And that is a gift to me that you always, and I remember she was like speechless and really like it transformed our relationship. Like after that, I don't know if she ever pushed back after now that I think that, but the irony is like, it really, I meant it. I was sincere of like, when I thought, what is a way to have gratitude? And I'm like, sometimes the struggle of leaders and often Christian leaders is we put people in our corner who affirm and don't disagree with us. And what does it mean to like have accountability by a leader who like actually has a deep ties to this church and community and often pushes back, not in a way that's like hateful or critical, but hey, have you thought about this? Or did you all overlook so-and-so? Did you know, I noticed you had a dinner for these people, but did you miss some people that have been a part of this Mm. community for 30 years and you're throwing dinner parties for people who've been here three years? Like she was really good about naming um, the gaps and the holes in. And I just remember after that month, I thought, I wish I just did this more as a practice. Like often the call lasted less than five minutes, but how like enriching it was for me and how other people in my life needed that. That's beautiful. That is such an intentional choice. Like everything keeps coming back to the, obviously to the through line of storytelling, but you're choosing to tell stories of gratitude. You are Mm -hmm. intentionally choosing to show up in a way that creates space, you have a beautiful through line. Mm. And it's, it has been intentional. And I celebrate that with you. Thanks, Joy. Thanks for letting me nerd out on storytelling. I didn't even know. Oh my gosh, of course. I don't get to talk about it. I just live it and listen and hold on to stories and collect them and hoard them. And I'm just moved by how it bonds us to people we don't know and helps us recognize our common, you know, humanity and our stories. It really does. And I think it can be really beautiful and really disarming. And before we get to like, here we are, everybody has a story of where they were. And so I'm really interested in the stories that we often say, like, here we are. I work here. I do this. I do this. I'm a mom of it. I do. But like, mm. where were you before that? 
what helped form you to make you here we are. Like we didn't just appear here. And it's often those stories that run through our lives that have shaped us and affect who we are because we're not who we were, where we were. I think we're better and braver people for where we've been and the stories that have shaped us. So here we are. Ah, that was such a fun conversation and something that Alexis and I have talked about in different ways over the years. And just like she said at the end, part of our story is that we aren't who we were. We've made intentional decisions to move forward, to grow, to face pain, and to do better as we learn more. And I hope you will too. All right, this is the part of the show where I ask you what your flavor of nerd is and if you want to share it with me. And let me tell you, doing these interviews about everyone's flavor of nerd has been one of my favorite things as of late. So to those who have shared with me, thank you so much. To those of you who are thinking about it, now's the time. I would love to schedule 30 minutes and chat with you. If you're interested, send me an email at herewearethepodcast at gmail.com. Also, feel free to join the Here We Are online community by following Here We Are on our Facebook page and Instagram. And if you're looking to go one step further and financially support what I'm doing with the podcast, head on over to patreon.com, search for Here We Are the Podcast, and sign up for one of the many quirky support tiers. And you'll get awesome things like the warmth inside your heart of knowing that you're supporting me as I'm doing this podcast. And, you know, more tangible things like the unedited video interviews that I do with my awesome nerd people. Anyway, until next time, don't forget that curiosity wins and the world needs more nerds. Bye.